We're back. Hello. Hi. I'm just realizing I didn't even check my levels, so <laughs> I'm just doing like good. a visual check. Yeah, you're just freewheeling it. Yeah, man. Like one week away, and I'm just like, how how is podcast done? <laughs> it uh, it should be fine, and if it's not, you do the editing, so that won't be fun. I'll yeah. make it fine. <laughs> I just got back from Washington, Washington State, and it was beautiful, and I stayed in a pretty nice house because we have some relatives up there, and they had chickens, which was fun. Chickens, all right. Did you chase them? I did. <laughs> I was not a chicken chaser, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I got to hold one, which was pretty cool. She was gigantic. Yeah, my, my concern is I worry about my actual dedication to future commune because i did not want to try to clean the chickens i just wanted to like look at them and eat their eggs so so far i'm a very bad comrade yeah you can you know draw pictures of them (laughs) exactly i'm the most useless comrade at the moment (laughs) if it came down to it i think i would do it i just i have a really bad gag reflex when it comes to poop smells yeah well the other thing you gotta keep in mind you have to show yourself grace. Your future commune self is going to be... They're, they're not, it's not going to be you. It's going to be a different person. I will have more experiences. Yeah. And, and crucially, I think, to the extent that we can actually have a new Soviet man, you know, a new Soviet person in, our, in, the, in the commune era, it's, it's going to be a you that's freed of, like, the drudgery of your day-to-day. Like, how much more energy do you think you're going to have? Oh, a lot. When you're not, like, doing bullshit for capitalists, you know, jumping through enough hoops so that they say, you know what, this person can stay alive. Yeah, because currently it's like, okay, I get to clean chicken shit after I'm done with work. Right. Then it would be like, all right, I have to do this nasty thing, but the rest of my day (laughs) is not that. It's a, we're starting with the real existential hours, but like. Yeah, we are. I don't know. I I do think it's, it's a physical freeing. You know, in terms of just having literally more energy, but probably like, you know, a a soul liberation as well of like not living in such a cruel like system, you know, not being a direct part of that, not being, you know, in our case on the on the direct on the oppressor side of that, you're going to be living a a better existence. And hopefully that translates into being better able to tolerate unpleasantries like chicken shit (laughs) yeah yeah i mean here's hoping i do think they're very cute and it didn't seem too hard i would honestly i was just on vacation mode and i wasn't feeling it i I, i'm willing to give it another go but not till not till i need to overthrown capitalism right (laughs) i think so yeah (laughs) oh all right speaking of overthrowing things do we want to get into our movie today? Yeah, let's let's do so. We chose an interesting film <laughs> to watch. This was one of those behind the scenes things. Uh, I think this was like one of the first movies I wrote down on our movie section. Yeah, you or I, one of us. I remember it being there from time immemorial. I'm like, oh yeah, eventually we're going to watch. Clearly, there's so much to unpack here. <laughs> <laughs> and since we haven't said it yet... Uh, We watched Red Dawn, the 1984 version, because there's now like a remake from like the 20, like 2012, maybe. 
But we watched the original, the OG <sighs> Red Dawn with Patrick Swayze and Charlie Sheen. And who else was in it? Those are the two that I recognized. The one girl was Marty McFly's mom, I think. Oh, okay. But I don't remember what the, who the actress for that is. Leah Thompson. Okay. And then also, I didn't recognize, I like she was familiar, but I didn't remember. The lady that was in Dirty Dancing, isn't it? Um, That's her. Okay. I was like, her face looks very familiar. She is called Jennifer Grey. Jennifer Grey. Okay. Okay. One of the other teen girls. All right. Indeed. Lots of teen honks and hotties in this one. <laughs> Uh, okay, yeah, that's the, so that's the movie we watched, and again, we just sort of, I don't know, we put it on there, we're like, obviously this is, okay, what did you know about the movie before watching it? So, I think I have watched it before, but I don't remember it. Okay. Kyle said I had watched it, and he's kind of my library for remembering things, because I have a bad memory. So, listeners, they get that from <laughs> our mom. Yes. Who will be like, did we, have we ever watched that? And then our dad will be like, yeah, it's the one with the guy who does the thing. You know, he gets yes. some sort of a. Completely describes it. Yeah. He's like, remember yeah. they do this and the scene because our mom falls asleep in a lot of movies. So. I'm pretty sure that's what happened in this one too. And it, it almost happened again. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you weren't sure if you had seen it at the time. I, I think I had seen it a long time ago. I want to say when Kyle and I first started dating or something. I want to say we just like put it on on a long view trip because we're just like, yeah, fuck it. But I didn't remember much. All I remembered was like, I think Russia invades the United States in Colorado for some reason, which is basically what happened. So I feel vindicated in that way. That's a, yeah, that's a good plot summary. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> I do want to set the scene a little bit now. I did mention I went to Washington State and I did enjoy all of their cool laws <laughs> including the ones that allow you to buy weed legally. Nice. So uh, about halfway through the movie, I was like, I need to get through this. And <laughs> just, <laughs> just started up a little bit because I was like, this is taking forever. <laughs> <laughs> it was a strange, a strangely slow burn for a war movie. Yeah, the pacing was really weird. <laughs> I, so I had no such assistance. Yeah, man, good luck. Yeah, so I kind of made a mistake. Back, uh, I guess it was on Mistress Day. We went out for <laughs> what you told me was Mistress Day. Or someone. Was no, it that, you was, that was somebody Helen? else. That was Helen. Okay. Well, <laughs> we were like, we that's a great idea because like fewer people will be out then. And it was mm. fine. You know, we did day before Valentine's Day, listener, in yeah. case you don't know. <laughs> that's Mistress Day, apparently. And then we're like, we can see who all has a mistress, you know, which we don't know people. So it was fun. <laughs> There, you're, if you were there at the restaurant with us, your secret's safe with us. We don't know who you are. <laughs> anyway, I made the mistake of being like, oh, you know, what if I, you know, because Lent was the next day on Valentine's Day. Like, I was also oh, Ash yeah. Wednesday and everything. And I was like, yeah, you know, Abby likes to do no chocolate. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know, what if I do, like, no alcohol? Uh-oh. And, you know, she kind of caught on to the idea. Like, she liked this. And she was like, yeah, oh, you should no. totally do it. And I was if like, I'm tell a baby. someone, then and it's then, real. I was like, I don't really want to. But then she was like, no, you should. You should. You know, you've already kind of said you were going to. So that's what I'm doing. Oh, um, dear. So I didn't have any help with this movie. You skipped dry January or dry January and you, you moved to, I guess, the Catholic version of that, which is Lent. 
<laughs> yeah, and it sucks. Like they don't tell you, but it's more than forty days. It's like forty Wait, plus. It's like extra. Because you, you don't. I don't think you count the Sundays or something. It's a terrible calculation. What but the fuck? It ends up extra. Yeah, it's just it's too much. People should. I don't recommend it. People shouldn't I do don't it. Well, okay, I'm confused even, like, who the fuck decides when Easter is? Because that changes every year, which means Ash Wednesday changes every year. Like, we're apparently going to have it in March, in, I think, next year. And I'm like, what the fuck? That's way too late. I think this is, yeah, I don't know. This is also a point of contention, I think, between the Catholic Church and the Eastern Orthodox Church, the calculation mm. of Easter. Uh, so theologically, I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure some popes and shit figure stuff out. Special God math. Yeah. You got to calculate it out and make sure you, you know, have a, enough time and not too much time. You know. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They really let the, the sin sink in. Yeah, it's it's an optimal. There's there's a calculation. A, a <laughs> What do you call it? It's an equation. There's an equation. Mm. All right. So you went into this dry, no substances. That's unfortunate. I, I needed some to get me <laughs> through it. Let's get into it. Let's start with this fucking crazy opening text. It went too fast for me to like write down all of it. I didn't write it down, but I just went, that was a lot. And a lot happened in text. I didn't write it down either. Let's see. What is it? Soviet Union suffers worst wheat harvest in 55 years. Labor and food riots in Poland. Soviet troops invade. Yeah, it is pretty fast. I'm going to turn this playback (laughs) speed down. Right? To half speed. Cuba and Nicaragua reach troop strength goals of 500,000. El Salvador and Honduras fall. Ooh, very loaded. They are yeah, fall like to what? liberated. <laughs> Greens party gains control of West German parliament. What is that? So like the uh, the Green party there. Uh, I guess. They were whatever called, that is. Yeah, but they had a name back then. It was like 90 something. I, I should have looked. Alliance 90, the Greens. That's why it's called Greens party. Mm, okay, okay. But they were like... The very left party. Gotcha. Uh, well, that's founded in 93. I guess they were a merger of the Greens. Yeah, the Greens were formed in West Germany in 1980. Yeah, because this movie's in 84, I think is when it's released. I don't know when it's set, but Die Grünen, the Greens. <laughs> they were anti-nuclear okay. energy, environmental, peace, new left, new social. Those all sound good. So, yeah, those guys. That just gets tucked in with with everything else. Okay. Uh, They demand withdrawal of nuclear weapons from European soil. Cool. That sounds good. Yeah, it's a good thing. Uh, But, of course, it's actually bad. Mexico plunged into revolution. Hell yeah. Probably good. NATO dissolves. United States stands alone. (laughs) Which was my whole takeaway from the thing. It was just so dramatic of like, (laughs) there's nobody else. Everyone else is a communist, I guess. Okay, that was the first thing that I... I didn't really take notes as I watched. I just poured out reflections later. I took notes as I went, but they're all just like all caps with question marks. Just like, what the fuck? So <laughs> I'll, I'll post them for the, the Patreon. Or I don't know why I said it like that. The Patreon. <laughs> the Patreon. Uh, it's from the so. Northwest. That's how the Northwest people pronounce it. <laughs> the Patreon. <laughs> But uh, yeah, they're mostly just incoherent, just yelling. (laughs) Well, okay. So I did find the opening crawl, like like you, I did not get all the details. I kind of got the impression, right? Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, big communism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, The communist, it's sort of like um, for all mankind, like its premise, the show on Apple TV of like, you know, the Soviets are in a better position. Like things are not as shitty for them. And the world is a little bit, 
uh, tilted in their favor, but tilted not so heavily against them. Yeah, I guess what's weird was the wheat harvest thing. I'm like, well, if you're trying to make it so that they're like very strong, why is that in there? Yeah, uh, that's it doesn't make like that's uh, so in alternate histories, you have like points of departure and that was listed first. It's like, is that the point of departure? That doesn't make sense. Yeah. Like that sounds like they'd be doing worse, <laughs> but maybe it maybe really they got more aggressive. They were like, yeah. Fuck. we got to take over shit. <laughs> that, that my first, you know, real takeaway was America stands alone. <laughs> this sort of NATO fell. No, we have no allies. It's this, you know, crucial, like element of the cold war complex of it's us and them, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and back then, right. They're talking in, in the eighties when this movie's made, it's like, you know, the side of imperialism versus, you know, the the side led by the Soviet Union. Uh, as they kind of mentioned some of those national liberation struggles uh, of people around the world. Now, of course, you don't have the Soviet Union in the lead or, or whatever, but like you still have this like the West, um, those Western alliance and you still have NATO, you know, really pushing that as as this pro-imperialist still, I would say, uh, force in the world that, you know, I guess we're still living with. Yeah, I think what hit me about the beginning was, like, I was watching this movie going into it, like, okay, yeah, the Russians are going to be the bad guys in this, so I'm playing spot the anti-communism. And wow, took, like, two lines to get there. Like, fall. The use of the word fall. Yeah. (laughs) Like, fall to what? What, you know, finish the sentence. Yeah, what what? (laughs) What happened? What do you Who mean? Fell? They're just in disarray. Nobody lives there anymore. Like, what does that mean? Even if it's Hollywood stereotype of anarchy or you know, to mean chaos, like that would be, a, you know, a better descriptor or something. But just just fell. fell. <laughs> like Rome fell, man. Just gone. The Visigoths no came there. in. The Visigoths came into fucking El Salvador. <laughs> Real weird. But not like the cool Engels Visigoths who rejuvenate the place. Mm, but yes, yes. <laughs> Those rejuvenating Visigoths. This kind of plays out in the film, uh, but there's this fear from the opening crawl of the global South, right? Mexico, uh, Cuba will is I think mentioned in here with the troop numbers, mm-hmm. Nicaragua, tiny countries in comparison to the U.S. population. I mean, even you know the the, the Soviet Union combined with all these guys, that's going to be a hard lift to be able to fucking just invade the u.s but somehow they they morph from these these colonized countries trying to fight for their freedom uh, they, they they're able to morph into being able suddenly to conquer the imperial core this movie i have so many questions which yeah i mean i don't know the whole that premise start just starting from that is like just so fascist of like these guys are under us they are inferior they're bad. They're, you know, we need to keep them out. This one guy talks about immigration later, but they're also super, super, super threatening. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's really weird of, of like, there is kind of a weird race element in this, I think. And that like the main invasion force, I mean, yeah, they're Soviets, but they seem to be led more by, by like Latinas, you know? And so there is a weird othering there and and you know the russians too they obviously speak russian in this and so i was wondering i mean i think in modern movies it's more common to just translate everything you know Mm -hmm. so i was wondering like if that was just what you did more in movies or 
I don't know. I'm trying to think of like other movies in the time and if they did a lot of translating or not. I'm not sure. Uh, I thought that was an interesting choice too, but I didn't mm, read purpose into it. I just thought they did it. I mean, I watched, uh, I didn't, let me be clear. I did not watch this because I got bored, but I started <laughs> for Red October and their, their way of doing translation was really interesting because they start like fucking Sean Connery's just speaking Russian, like crazy i'm like dude did this guy have to like get trained for for this that's amazing (laughs) but then they do this really cool transition scene where they like someone's reading a bible verse and they zoom in and then when they zoom back out he's speaking english and everyone switches to english Mm. Uh, it's really cool i don't know about the rest of the movie it was too slow and boring for me (laughs) (laughs) that's interesting Uh, i read something from someone who grew up in the soviet union about the movie and they were like the russian in this was terrible just so in, you know. In this movie, the yeah. Red Dawn? Okay. Yeah, in Red Dawn. They were like, it was not good. Like, Honestly, the Spanish sounded weird to me, too. Uh, the Spanish sounded like it was like like I could show this movie in Spanish class. That's exactly. how slow they were talking. It sounded like eighth grade Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> like, really, like, vamos a bubble. Like, it was just, <laughs> yeah. it was very slow. And, like, the sentences were really simple. And I'm like, what is this? <laughs> okay, right, there who was, wrote this? There weren't, like, um... There wasn't idioms. slang. Yeah. Yeah. No idioms. It was it was very like grammatically correct, just you know, textbook Spanish. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. And from the little Russian that I could pick out, which was just, just like Tovarish <laughs> and stuff like that, of comrade, like it it seemed slow also. Like Yeah. That's so weird. Why go slow if you're using the subtitles? Uh well, the one person that wrote that article that was like the Russian in here was terrible was like, why couldn't they just get Russian speakers? Like it was clear, like that they too. were just like trying to speak Russian and not being very good at it. So it was probably the case with Spanish as well as some people were struggling through Jesus. getting that. And then like the same actors that were, they, some of them were like both speaking in Russian and Spanish. So it was confusing. That one I would understand if like this, the, what is he, El Salvador, maybe the, the main general guy. Oh, the Nicaraguan, I think. Nicaraguan. If he was kind of bad at Russian, I'd be like, well, I get it. That'd be hard to learn, but. <laughs> yeah. But like, I would just imagine that most of the Latin American characters and most of the Russian characters should probably, if you were going for accuracy like this, okay, first just make them speak English in an accent. Yeah, like, that's fine. That's we what can, people it's do. It's fine. But if you're going to have them use your native language, just have them use one and then have a translator because like that's what they would have done if you're going for accuracy. Totally, yeah. This guy was like, I don't, I didn't, I don't really didn't know anyone in the Soviet Union who spoke Spanish. Like it was <laughs> probably a highly specialized thing, you know. Probably. So I do want to talk about like the opening scene. Uh, well, I guess you know, fucking Patrick Swayze drops off these kids at school, his <laughs> yeah. brother and his friend. Yeah, whatever. I don't care. They're like blah blah blah. Football's cool. Yeah, we're, we're going jocks. to high school. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you guys lost a game. You suck. <laughs> Just you know your classic stuff. But then I want to talk about the classroom scene because I was my note on this was they're teaching about like Genghis Khan stuff, yeah. right? And I was my first idea was oh maybe they're gonna like use this as a strategy later and be like remember what we learned in school. <laughs> Encircle them and, and kill them, even the yeah. bugs. <laughs> but I think this was more of like a look how ruthless they are, and then we're going to tie it to how ruthless the following scenes are. Mm, okay. I was picturing to the extent that I, well, okay, I didn't make any connection in the moment. But like thinking back on it, I was like, okay, well, maybe because they were talking about like encircling and stuff. Like there is mm-hmm. this 
this besieged America trope throughout of like, we're, yeah. you know, America's alone, uh, of like, we're getting encircled and they're going to try to stomp us out or something. Yeah. But I mean, what's weird is like the geographical strategy doesn't really line up with that. No, they did the opposite. They just get in the middle and. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. Okay. So yeah, guys, this starts so soon. I was just like, oh, we're just going, huh? Like just people are parachuting down from the sky and then they just start blaming. They just start shooting up a school. I mean, this is before Columbine. I guess the, yeah, I guess the Russians are the ones who really started the, (laughs) the school shooting trend here in the U.S. That's a great point. Like, if you think about, like, this being in theaters, imagine how fucked up that would be to be like, holy shit, they're shooting up a school. Like, that had never happened right. before. Now we're just like, well, you know, it fits. Yeah. It's <laughs> Sadly. The fucking teacher tries to go out and talk to them, which is hilarious. He's like, I'll take care of this. And it's like, sir, you're not getting paid enough no, to do this. No, absolutely not. I'm <laughs> I'm on the phone with admin. It looks like some paratroopers are outside. <laughs> you guys want to go take care of that? Someone else called on this, right? Yeah? Okay. <laughs> it's not me. I'm going to keep the kids uh, away from the windows. <laughs> yeah, man, they just start blasting. They just shoot it up. They, they are shooting rocket launchers. To break that down further, operationally, what was the advantage of deciding, let's open fire? I don't know. This is, like, they mentioned this later in the movie. They're like, oh, maybe we shouldn't, like, be such assholes. But I'm like, why didn't you think of that sooner? Like, why a high school? Like, if you're taking over, first off, their fucking invasion plan is bonkers. We'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're taking over America, is is your plan... Should we talk about the invasion plan now, or do? do yeah, we? I mean, I'm not going scene by scene through this movie. Let's not. So. Fuck it. This this movie sucks. So, <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about the invasion plan. So we hear later in the movie from this army guy that shows up, or Air Force, whatever. I, th- um, I have him as Air Force, but I just know he's a I pilot. Think you're right. He could have been a pilot. a pilot from the Navy. I, don't, I have no idea. I think Air Force. Who knows? So we find out their attack strategy was they knocked out Washington D.C. They nuked. They nuked it. Like, done. They also <laughs> took out some silos in, like, Idaho and one other place. I didn't write it down. Mm, somewhere in the middle of the country, I thought. Yeah, it was some, like, nothing. Kansas City, sorry. <laughs> sorry, Kansas nothing. City. Oh, Chiefs <laughs> and fans I think Omaha. can't cope. I think Omaha as well. So they knock out all, all, like, the silos, basically. And then a huge force of Cubans and Nicaraguans come up through Mexico. Through, like, basically revolutionary Mexico. I guess, yeah. I'm wondering, do they have, does Mexico join up? What's going on down there? I'm interested. Anyway, <laughs> they take out Middle America. Everything from the Rockies to the Mississippi is now disputed territory. Hell yeah. So that means People's Republic of Texas, the liberated zone, we're there. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm a collaborator. Let's, oh, for sure. I'm like, what do you guys need? Yeah. <laughs> I talk Texan, so we can we can do this, y'all. Like <laughs> we can translate. Uh, so yeah, they have taken over the middle of America, which is <laughs> why they're in fucking Colorado, where the movie takes place. The Wikipedia page had a little map. Oh, please show me the map. I really wanted a map. Uh, it's not complete though, because like it doesn't. I mean, it's pretty good on the American side. It just leaves out a large part of the world that you could probably speculate a little bit better on. So they don't quite get all the way to where, you know, because they also presumably go across Bering Strait through Alaska, Western Canada. That's right. That's right. They mentioned that. They've got like the middle area there, Colorado, 
you know, the bastion of Wyoming somehow is not in Montana <laughs> offering stiff defenses. Montana's like here and no further. <laughs> yeah. They got Gandalf oh. up there, but yeah, they're all already out all the way through Louisiana, yeah. Arkansas, Mississippi, Oklahoma. And we also learn here that Europe is sitting this one out. They've had enough of world wars. Except for Britain. Except for, except for England, of course. You know, they're, they're going to... The special uh, relationship. Oh, yeah. We're best friends. And China. And this is... I, I said this out loud. I want Sino-Soviet split. Yep. And <laughs> that's why. Because I think Kyle was a little surprised at that. I was like, no, no, no. Here's why. They uh, apparently had enough of the anti-revisionists over there in China. They said, fuck those guys. They nuked Beijing. That was one of the other ones that was nuked. That was, yeah, that's right. Because they said there's there's like only however many many six hundred million people screaming left. Chinese. We should say. Oh my god! <laughs> but it was the eighties. So bad. <laughs> Damn! I would hope that if I'm China and I see that Russia's popping off like this, I'd be like, wait a minute, are we doing world communism? Because I could join up. You know? Right. <laughs> can, can we work? Give this us out? one more chance. Come on, come on. Let's be friends. And I don't think that. In the early 80s, so basically after Mao, my understanding is like the the Sino-Soviet split doesn't get like worse. It very slowly gets better, but it's not getting worse. So, I mean, I don't know if they would have really jumped over to like, let's nuke them. <laughs> but it's an <laughs> agro-Soviet Union. I mean, they, you know, they That's had the bad true. wheat harvest and ever since they've never, never They're just so angry. <laughs> Oh, man. So, yeah, this is this is their thing, is they're coming up through Middle America. I just don't... Why? Why would you fight on two fronts? Isn't that famously a bad idea? Uh, you would think so. <laughs> you would, Especially if you're not actually going to close. So, there is divide and conquer. I mean, if you do successfully pincer that move. But they didn't, according to the map. According to the map. And according to some strange alchemy of wyoming and montana because there's no reason why you shouldn't if you were able to close through there's nobody there yeah very few people there like just drive into it like but uh, what's also strange about the movie is how little popular resistance there is besides the kids yeah that's my question in all of this i'm like okay you're telling me they got through texas a place where everybody has a gun and really hates communism especially in the 80s you're saying you just weren't able to waltz right through there right like from the tales that i heard growing up people (laughs) in the 80s in texas would have been bringing their guns to school like yeah the like patrick swayze's truck had a gun rack but he didn't have guns in it until (laughs) after until they went to the sporting goods store after the big shoot 'em up so I was like, well, okay, I mean, maybe they play it different in Colorado, but I figured in the 80s in Texas, that thing would have had... There's just guns everywhere. Both rifles on there. Like. <laughs> I mean, they, they make reference to big battles and stuff in Texas. Like the, the Air Force guy, I think he has family in Texas, right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, that they're, it was really bad down there, that kind of stuff. Now they're like, remember Houston, remember mm-hmm. Austin. They have different, remember <laughs> the Alamos. Damn. I bet San Antonio's pissed. Like, that was kind of our thing, guys. We're never going to recover from this. (laughs) So, it's happening, right? It's popping off. This group of boys runs off with Patrick Swayze. As people are just getting domed, like... Completely. Like, wrecked. Uh, People are trying to get into cars and get away. 
somehow they get a I, like i was pretty impressed that they were able to given what all was happening yeah i mean there are rocket launchers being shot and they somehow still got away so yeah they rpg'd a school bus or something didn't they <laughs> yeah yeah for some again operationally you've got to look at this guy and be like we don't have infinite rockets to to launch a school bus <sighs> I think they were trying to hit the truck and they missed, oh, I okay, guess. Because okay. that bus looked kind of empty. Yeah, it's also got no so. one in it. What are you doing? <laughs> so, yeah, again, the strategy here just seems to be, like, overwhelmed with fear, which mm-hmm. is just... Which works for an audience, but it doesn't make sense to, like, do no. as your first part of the invasion. You would want to get people on your side. You'd want to be like, look how much more civilized we are than capitalism. Like, they're treating you badly. We're going to, you know liberate everything and just hand out food and it's going to be chill right but no it's not chill (laughs) so it just uh they just charge in which i guess is part and parcel with the entire like premise of the invasion itself not just the strategy part but later they talk to that air force guy and they're like so you're smart you're an adult you are in the military why is this happening (laughs) oh god and his explanation yeah He's like, there's the two biggest kids on the playground. Eventually, they're going to fight. What is that your fucking geopolitical explanation right now? Like, I, I, oh, my God. Right. And we don't mean because uh, it's understandable for the guy, the character to be like. The character, uh, sure. He's just like, he's just following orders. He's a meathead. Fine. Okay. But he's like a hero in this movie. We're supposed to trust this man. He gets philosophical. He clearly is trying to impart some sort of a, not necessarily a message for the whole film, but like. A perspective. Like, a worldview, yeah. yeah. Like, he's he's clearly a mentor to the kids. One of them falls in love with him. Like, he's supposed to be, like, a hero. Which they apparently cut, thankfully, a love oh, scene no. with them. And I'm like, that was not just... You shouldn't have had that in the first <laughs> place, but it was 80s, I guess. But I they, was wondering... I'm like, I was really surprised they didn't, because I'm like, it is the 80s, but I'm very relieved it's not there anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, he's he's clearly, you know... He's supposed to be smart. Yeah, so that he would have such a stupid explanation for it is like, that's not... That should be a valid point. So like, essentially, I think the film was kind of saying, yeah, war is inevitable between the US and the Soviet Union. Yeah, yeah, but they're trying to say it's, I guess, senselessly violent. There's no agenda behind it besides it had to happen. But there's so little of the actual ideology of communism in this movie. It just it is just fascism. The movie instead. Yeah. <laughs> it's very weird. It's yeah. It's really weird in terms of like being lazy. Of like this movie would make more sense if you're like Hitler came back from the dead and he wants America. You know. <laughs> <laughs> right, and so then you like, just change the costumes and the you're music. done. And yeah, yeah. And it's like okay, well that's that's sci-fi, but I got it. Yeah, I don't know where he gets his extra soldiers. They're not probably from Latin America this time. I don't know. But see, okay, that was another thing that bothered me about this is like, to me, it, I get it as as the filmmaker. If you're like, yeah, I I don't care why they invaded. I just wanted to make a movie about what if they invaded. But to me, the more implausible your premise, the more you should explain it as a like hypothetical. You know, if it's like, oh, what if this thing that we all could very well expect happening happened. Okay. Yeah. Just say it happened. But like, if it's really weird and kind of out of left field of like, Oh yeah, this 
everyone pretty much thinks, yeah, we're not going to shoot nukes because everyone would get blown up. Uh, yeah, we're not going to just go to war with the Soviet Union because that would destroy them a lot too. That was pretty well expected. Like you have to, you should have to do some explaining even in the eighties as to how this is going to go down beyond, but I don't know. They were just, you know, two powerful countries. Even the title, even like later they call it World War Three. Mm-hmm. Even that makes it feel very sequential and expected. And they're like, we did it again, guys. Like, <laughs> not like a fucking, this would be insane. And I'm, you know, obviously World War and Two were insane at the time. Everyone was like, what the fuck? I'm losing my mind here. <laughs> but like, to place it in that context, I think, and paired with the explanation just makes it feel it's war for the sake of war almost. And But the messaging doesn't make it clear that that was the the message. That doesn't make it clear they're like, war is senseless, we shouldn't be doing this. It was like, rah, rah, we're doing this. Yeah, it was, fatal. Uh, to me it was kind of fatalistic. It was like mm, sort of the Hobbesian view of people as terrible, mm-hmm. as bad, as destructive. Innately violent. Yeah, and it's like, yeah. well. I get that reference because I'm reading Dawn of Everything. Hell but. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, nasty, brutish, and short, right? Of like, if you didn't have civilization, people would just be killing each other. And it kind of tells you idea. about the person of like, would you? Would if, Is that if, you, Dawn? If no one was stopping you, would you be murdering me right now? You I know? think I'm going to uninvite you to all future <laughs> events. <laughs> Hobbs just really wants to murder people. Nothing is holding him back. Only one thing, and it's the law. <laughs> and so that's kind of the fascist understanding of the world is it is might makes right. It is all against all. We need to be the most powerful country because eventually we're going to have to fight whoever the other most powerful country is. It's just inevitable. Yeah, that is really how it, it seems to be set up. I think that paired with the... I don't know, I ain't a war guy. You know this if you listen to the podcast. It ain't my area of expertise. <laughs> but pairing that lack of explanation of the geopolitical why with the how of invading straight through the nation seems just like if one of those were fixed, I think I'd feel a little better. <laughs> yeah. But the fact they're both badly done is like, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's clearly just about the fighting part of it. And to some extent that was originally like the, the plot focus, but originally it was called 10 soldiers and it was really focused on like this particular guerrilla band of kids and their like interpersonal, you know, experience and whatnot and less so on like the geopolitics to any extent. I mean, to me that, that was the more interesting part of the movie. I mean, uh, that was the more well done part of the movie. Let me put it that way. The other part could be really interesting if they fucking tried. Yeah. Like, I would almost like, what's interesting is if you took this and you, you changed who the countries and actors were, but still made it about those kids, it could be really interesting. Like, what if this was a a police occupied zone or something and they're, they're fighting back against like, you know, a, a city that has shut down that kind of stuff. Yeah. No, there's a lot of angles it could be. Yeah. It just, it, just strains cruelty so much that it's like, okay, like I need some weed. <laughs> well, what's interesting too is in production, uh, the guys went to like this conservative think tank uh, called True America. Not True America, the Hudson Institute. Oh, look, that was more neutral sounding. <laughs> the Hudson <laughs> Institute, um, founded by Herman Kahn and his colleagues at the Rand Corporation. Uh uh-uh. oh. Herman Kahn is a weirdo. 
Oh, he's the guy that wrote, he wrote a book called On Thermonuclear War. Was he for it? <laughs> kind of, well, sort of, he, he, one of the inspirations of uh, Dr. Strangelove in <gasps> terms of the, uh, basically saying like you could win a nuclear exchange because you could kill more, like, you know, you could ha- inflict more mega deaths on the Jesus. enemy. Uh, that guy. Uh, <laughs> cool guy. Glad he's involved. His institute, one of the board of directors of MGM, uh, one of the guys on the board of directors was uh, Alexander Haig. Of The Haig? No, like spelled differently. Okay. <laughs> but this guy was a former chief of staff to Nixon, like it, kind of at the mm, end there. Okay. okay. Um, formerly a national security advisor to, or like an assistant somewhat uh, with Henry Kissinger. And if you remember from the Americans, uh, he was the guy that, they, that I think he was secretary of defense or state or something when Reagan was shot. And he's the guy that said, like, I'm in charge or something for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. That was very controversial. That guy. Okay, some real sons of bitches. <laughs> yeah. Well, he took the director, John Milius, to, to help him rewrite the script from the original kind of like geopolitical story took him to the Hudson Institute and kind of went over like plans and shit, which apparently their invasion was reportedly based on Hitler's proposed plans to invade the U S. Oh, that's right. The Zimmerman telegraph or whatever. Well, the Zimmerman one was from world war one. Oh fuck. It was. uh, (laughs) Oops. But I, I really am not familiar with what Hitler, how he thought he could do this. So, it would be interesting. But anyway, they did literally put some thought into it. The Wikipedia article says Milius, the director, saw the story as a third world liberation struggle in reverse. Mm. Uh, Are you sure? <laughs> right? Like, what? Wait, so we're the. <laughs> we're how the does third that world? work? Okay. <laughs> Who, wait, who are they being liberated from? But like, okay, that is so fascinating because that gets to that fear of what if the third world rises up and now they're in charge. It's like the white fear of like, oh no, what if brown people are going to be do the things that we've been doing to them? Yeah, essentially. Oh, that's nasty. <laughs> oh, It's crazy. Okay, sorry listeners, I had to turn my AC on. Give me a break. Ooh. It's just, you know, consider it ASMR background sounds. <laughs> Because if I edit it out, then my voice gets really tinny and just terrible. Anyway, that's really weird. Yeah. Bizarre. Wow. Well, in that vein, though, I thought it was interesting that the movie very much, and this is something I just I just love about certain films, is that the movie celebrates, shows the guerrilla fighters, the Wolverines, the kid mm-hmm. band of <laughs> freedom fighters as like good. Like they're yes. good. Their tactics are clever. They're not terrorists. No, they're 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 weird, isn't it? They're not dishonorable, dirty terrorists, anything like this. They're 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 good because they're fighting communists. They're fighting for mm-hmm. their freedom. So you're telling me it's okay to fight when you're on occupied land and someone's trying to kick you out of your home? Is that what you're telling me? Because <laughs> I can think of some people that are doing that. Well, time and time again, right? Americans prove their capacity for knowing that for for mm-hmm. believing that on the one hand. Right. I mean, like in this case, they'll <laughs> believe it. Their own founding myths of like the rebel patriots and the oppressive redcoats or, um, you know, the French resistance, the resistance against the Nazis or 
Or like, uh, I mean, Star Wars, the Rebel Alliance against the evil empire, you know? Yep. Uh, when it's the Soviets' turn to be portrayed as the evil empire against the brave freedom fighters of the Mujahideen. Like, they can, you know, right or wrong about the ideology and specifics, they can understand, like, yeah, you know, occupier versus occupied. And they can fit themselves in and the good guys in as the people fighting against occupation. They're capable of it. And then when when it's not, when it's like a war of national liberation like Palestine or Nicaragua or the Philippines or Vietnam or whatever, then they're like, oh, no, how dare these people do <laughs> terrorism? You know, they're brutal. They're, you know, and, and on the flip side of that, they can say, but it's okay to torch villages. It's okay to bomb schools and hospitals and entire population centers because that's the ugly collateral of war. That's the fucking thing. If you watch this movie and you're horrified by the first scene of a school being shot up, like, take a fucking look around, Yeah, you know? Not only do we let that happen to our own kids here, we do it to kids all around the world. And more completely, like, more in terms of, like, flattening the building itself with people in it, in a place where you've told them to go for shelter. And that's, again, it's, it's the same, like, the dynamics are the same of who is the underdog who's the occupier who's the occupied right yeah and they're able to see it in this sense and they're able to see it in many other senses many other instances and they're just as blind to it or willfully turning it off in so many other instances and it just depends on do we need to believe it or not i think so much of it is about race too because i i think they are able to see themselves in, you know, the French resistance much easier than they are with people who don't look like them. Or Ukraine. And don't sound like them. Yeah. Or Ukraine, too. Perfect example there. Like, they're able to make that parallel much easier than when it comes to relating to a fucking brown person. Insane. Very true. That's why we always say you have to fight both. You know, you can't just say it's only class, it's only race. I mean, these two are... The other half of it's going to defeat you if you just leave it out. Uh, I do want to get back to the plot because I have some hilarious notes here. <laughs> <laughs> the boys go raid their dad's sporting goods slash gas station store. It looks it looks like a gas station. It looks like a gas station, but this guy's got like guns everywhere. Is this what Colorado is From like? The, yeah. <laughs> Cause it, it, like 80s Colorado? It looks like, like a way station gas station general store type like old Maybe a trucker. movie style thing you know mm-hmm. like in the 40s mm-hmm. someone would come out and pump your <laughs> gas and sell you like a, a quart of oil and, or something and <laughs> and a giant and a tent gun. yeah because yeah they get tents and sleeping bags in there too it's crazy they get yeah there's camping stuff one guy this is the guy i would kick out first the guy who grabbed the football we he can't get on the truck okay that's just bad Him planning and not probably not the one guy, but the guys who brought like pallets of coke. No, oh, we saw that too. We were like, who brought soda? That's dehydrating. <laughs> I get it was the eighties, but come on, guys! Like, we had we knew that, oh, right? Come on, you have to know that. Like, forget water. You want water? <laughs> that was uh, bizarre, but that guy also out. So we each made our cuts of who's not making it. <laughs> and then third on the line is fucking student council guy who's like I'm in charge here because I'm the student body president. <laughs> you fucking 
kidding me? What a bitch. Wedgie that man to hell. <laughs> and he's like, we should just give ourselves up, which is just great. Well, yeah, in that regard, I mean. Sure, okay. Yeah. Probably should have. Uh, was So, didn't it come out later? He was the mayor's he's kid? He's the mayor's kid, which is funny. Okay, yeah. So, they, they raid the place. They're like two steps ahead of the coming on. The, uh, the soldiers following behind them or something. They're like, get out of here while you still can. The Gramps is like, I'm going to stay here and defend this land. Or so. He actually, he doesn't say it like that. He's just like, go without me. Okay, and then I think there is a very short scene of the Soviets getting a hold of, later they get a hold of the, the gun registration. And I was like, is this an argument for not having registered guns? Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's what I thought. That's in my category <sighs> of right-wing nonsense. Uh, yeah. which are the random little tidbits that they just did red meat for the Reaganites. So the gun registry form they're talking about, form 4473. Nowadays, it's mostly a digital process, uh, which I guess could be unlucky because maybe if Russia <laughs> now invades, then they'll do like yeah. hacking or something. Whatever, it's fine. Get them. But like <laughs> <laughs> most states apparently don't require this for private gun sa- sales. Um so, you know, if I had a gun and I sold it to you yeah, yeah, yeah. in some sort of fever dream. <laughs> in a world of where like we both of us both I are had interested a gun in guns. And yeah. you wanted a gun. <laughs> if we did that, you, we wouldn't have to do any paperwork. Because it's fucking right. Texas. And I'm not a licensed gun dealer or something That's like right. this. But if you're one of those people and you buy from them, like a sporting goods store, then you'd have to fill out. I think you guess you do have to fill out some sort of form. It tells you all this shit. And that's how the Russians are going to get you. I think it was the Nicaraguan general or what? Where was he? Was he Nicaraguan or Cuban or it wasn't? I don't know if they ever said. Let's find out. Cuban Revolution Army. Oh, he's Cuban. Okay. Ron O'Neill. So the Cuban general then, uh, he was like, yeah, go to the, find the sporting, find the nearest academy, dicks, whatever. <laughs> and yeah, round up the list and get, get all those guys. Go round them up. But yeah, I just thought that was, you know, a nice little bit of of uh, <laughs> anti-gun control propaganda. Love it. Love it. So yeah, no, there's there's some fantastic anti-communist tropes in this. Like, yeah. they are burning books. They are showing propaganda films. So, yeah, let's talk about that a little bit. Because, like, <laughs> you mentioned earlier, and I very much agree, there is precious little socialism, communism, kind of at all. There's no, like, really social or economic changes besides, like, cartoonish depictions of just, like, oh, look, they're bad. They're communists. Mm-hmm. This is what they do. Really, besides that, it focuses purely on the invasion. But the little bit that we get is ridiculous. The propaganda like the film is incredible. The store. Okay, what's with the store? So, so, so the, little, the little corner store, mm-hmm. little general store, presumably would have had plenty of stuff there. First you know. off... How the fuck did these kids just walk in? Terrible right. security we have they're, here. They're like hiding up in the mountains at first. Like, yeah. They, you know, they run away from school and everything. And they blow through a roadblock somehow. Uh, <laughs> and then like they avoid the, it again twice. The Soviet army. Yeah. And then they're also like, they Able don't know what helicopters right are. So they're like, oh, is that helicopter ours or theirs? Like, it did not helicopter here from the Soviet Union. <laughs> so it's ours. Like. Probably. It's a helicopter. Uh, anyway, uh, oh my God. they just didn't understand them, I guess. I guess not. A- anyway, they blow past the roadblock. They get up in the mountains. They're like, oh, we got to stay here. We got to stay. Like, 
it's too dangerous down there. And one day they're like, I guess we got to go into town. <laughs> and they just walk in. They walk in, no disguises, nothing, not even trying to sneak. They're wearing their school jackets. Just completely identifiable. <laughs> it's insane. And even the girl at the counter is like, they're looking for you. I'm like, well, if they are, you're right here. Yeah. They're, it's they're over. Like, they do an over-the-shoulder shot of the guy <laughs> to show like a guard up in like this weird second floor yeah, catwalk yeah. area. And it's like, what is he doing? Does, <laughs> did he not look at the warning, the like, wanted signs that morning? I guess not. So yeah, the store. So they go into the store. And it is just like we're immediately uh, transported to like Gorbachev era, perestroika, late 80s Soviet Union, which is a little prescient for this time, I guess. But Nothing on the shelves. Yeah, uh, there's, there's propaganda plastered all over the place. I mean, sick looking propaganda, I gotta say. <laughs> Looks rad. I didn't think it was like as good as propaganda hopefully would be. It, it was okay. It's a little uh, more on the Stalin era, like realism stuff. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's still pretty cool. Yeah, it to me like the the stuff they had for sale in the store too was like weirdly like old and dingy. Yeah, I couldn't tell how much of that was like. Is this a shitty store? Like, was it a shitty store before? I assume. I thought that they were just trying to like shitty it up and mm. say, like, oh, it's worse because they took over. Okay. You know, you got the guards over your shoulder and everything and, you know, socialism is going to be worse. On the other hand, it could have also been like under occupation. It would be worse. I mean, like, I mean, even like the sporting goods store, like looked kind of shitty when they were raiding it. Like it was fine, oh, but it true. still looked kind of 80s and like just kind of dingy. Well, it was the 80s. Because it was the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it looked kind of 80s, but it looked kind of dingy. Yeah, it was. It's. It does have. Um, I guess the movie itself has kind of a western feel to it. I mean, it feels very small town. It feels pretty mm-hmm. rural and isolated. So I'm wondering, you know, it's not. A, they're not going into Whole Foods, you know. That's true. There is way more of a sense of the ruralness of, like, cause they're in. They're in the fictional town of Calumet, Colorado. I've only ever heard it said Calumet in referring to Michigan. There's a town in Michigan there. That's from the Woody Guthrie song about a the strike where the company gun thugs like set fire to a christmas party and everything mm, damn in 1913 but that, that's the only time i've heard it said but the, everyone in the movie says calumet so i don't know that's right they do they pronounce it really weird <laughs> anyway there is a big a, a big like rural element to it like they kind of emphasize that like they go to that rancher's house or that and they have like the full-on western like saturated filter or whatever on there like it looks like an old i don't know it looks like an old western from the 50s or something when they go there totally totally i mean they get fucking horses from this guy it's it's super like and granddaughters i'm out here and and some ladies (laughs) (laughs) i'm out here living off the grid like it was very much like romanticizing that cowboy figure to contrast that with the the poor people suffering in the city having to deal with the the store yeah why is this guy safe the, the old cowboy man. I, I was immediately thinking, like, he's probably going to sell them out or something, because why is he... But they just played it straight. They were just like, no, nah, he's just He's just rich fine and on here? His own. I did not understand. Like, is it just because you lived in town? Like, this is, this is such a rural place. There's probably a lot of people that live on farms and shit. Yeah, it... 
doesn't make there sense. Was a, yeah, there, that was another part of, I guess this is how Alexander Haig would have planned if we would have invaded the Soviet <laughs> Union. This is the sort of stupid shit he would have been, been pulling of just like invading every little Russian village Ugh. and just, you know, just having murdering. mass executions. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, so another thing, like the streets are like this Eastern block sort of caricature as well mm-hmm. of like Soviet Union character like tanks rolling through the street and yep. you know soldiers everywhere and propaganda all over the walls like the same propaganda <laughs> poster in a row just like boom 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 I mean again <laughs> burning books yeah the, yeah the I forgot to put that I in think Soviets are super known for they're just they, it's it's how I you stay books. warm in Russia you burn books yeah yeah obviously but yeah I mean again it could be and just a depiction of like this is bad and when it's it's you know it's bad when places are occupied under war and and it's it's suffering and stuff like that but i don't know to me it read more like this is what the dirty commies do i mean there is one line where the cuban general is talking to some sort of subordinate or something and he says something like just like we did in afghanistan and i was like hold up you mean the afghanistan where like things went really badly you're like let's do that <laughs> yeah. again here oh the the russian guy comes in is like we're just gonna fuck them up like we did in afghanistan with no self-awareness like what what like, you guys like, just this, got done you should with know that. by now <laughs> You're done with it. You pulled out. Unless in, in this reality, I guess oh, you didn't. Like maybe. Maybe. That's the only explanation I could think of. Otherwise, I'm like, so you're saying let's do another Yeah, because this is agro, <laughs> agro-Soviet Union, so maybe they won. Maybe. Again, just the tactic of scare the shit out of everybody <laughs> just does not seem smart. Well, I guess mid-80s. So, like, they were still, I guess, in our timeline even, they were still in Afghanistan. But that doesn't imply that oh, just like we did in Afghanistan. Like, you're still there, buddy. Like that didn't work. <laughs> but I, I bet you're right. I hadn't thought about that at all. That it was just the product of their weird, souped-up, you know, extra <laughs> aggro version. And then we That's also see it. the the gulag, basically. The okay, I was so confused by this layout because the shots they were using kept showing people putting their like hand on the fence, and they would just cut between like the the boys, you know, talking to their dad, being all dramatic, like "oh, don't go," and blah blah blah, and then switching over to the 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 dad, and he would also have his hand on the fence. And I was like, "Wait, are there two fences, or are they like standing parallel with each other?" Like I was losing my mind over this. It's weird. Yeah, I, no, it was weirdly set up. Like I thought maybe there was like a demilitarized area, or you know, there's like a little barrier. There are two fences, I think. I th- it has to be, but I don't think they established that well enough in the shots. So I was really confused. It didn't, to me, look like the fences even met all the way, like, at some point. Mm -hmm. It was just weird. Um, A weird set. Once again, the security. You could just walk right up to the place where you're holding your political prisoners. Quote, the people you think are going to cause trouble. Are you not interested in who wants to talk to them? Yeah, you're not like, maybe they're passing information. Like, maybe Maybe they also want to cause trouble. Right, yeah. Like, (laughs) what the Maybe they're giving them pipe bombs. We don't know. We're not watching them. Like, Zero security here. It could just give them a gun and say, free everyone. <laughs> I mean, he does. He says, he yells. The dad yells, avenge me. Which I'm like, does your dad want you to get caught? Because what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> it's so wild. Also, the propaganda film they're watching is just like, you are a capitalist pig. And <laughs> so, okay, but like, wasn't so it fire weird. at the very beginning of it? Like, I was, I kept trying to, I was like, y'all shut up. Like, wh- I'm trying know, to watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are doing a movie in front of it. Like, quit can it. Can your movie get out of the way of my movie? Let me see if I can find it. 
America is a whorehouse where the revolutionary ideas of your father's forefathers are corrupted and sold. I mean, that's a banger. They're sold in the alleys by bankers? Okay. Uh, maybe it's something else. People start talking and you grow fat on the flesh of freedom fighters. There it is. Whoa. And wash your something, some dirty hands in something of the oppressed freedom fighters of the world. I mean, they're not wrong, are they? They make it so echoey, it's hard to hear. Yeah, no, they they add some real weird effects to that. It's probably good, you know? <laughs> I know. Can I just get that tape separate? Can I call <laughs> up this director and be like, hey, do you still have this? <laughs> yeah, what did y'all make also, for this? Um, imagine that day in the editing room, like, you want me to make what? <laughs> <laughs> like, no, they assigned that to, you know, the, the audio team or whatever, whoever's in charge, right? And then... Like the ne- they think it's gonna be like a week project. The next day, homeboy rolls in with it. He's just like, "Done, I got it." <laughs> like, how did you? I just, I didn't I already have this sitting around, but yeah, <laughs> don't worry about it. This isn't just my manifesto. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just the echoey voice. There is just him, just saying. <laughs> <laughs> These are all my personal opinions. <laughs> <sighs> so yeah, this movie. It's just fucking bonkers. Uh, They go see their dad. He's in the prison and he's like, avenge me. He's like, I'm sorry, kind of for being a shitty dad, but not really because you're going to fucking need it. This movie has some ideas about emotional health. (laughs) I mean, the dad, yeah, he's like, I was a shitty dad, but it's cool because I taught you how to be a man. (laughs) And they really take that and run with it. They're constantly telling other children who have seen their parents get killed, not to cry. Suck it up, bottle it up, and use it to kill people. Super normal, very good, definitely what we should all be doing with our rage. Now, it did lead to my favorite of the characters. It did lead to his development, which was Bobby. Is that Charlie Sheen? No, uh, Robert, Bobby, the, the other guy, the guy that starts notching in his... In the butt of his rifle, all his kills. Dude, I could not tell a single one of these white boys apart. I could tell (laughs) Patrick Swayze. Uh I knew that one. And then every now and then be like, oh, yeah, I think that's Charlie Sheen. Did not know their names. Did not know anything else about them. Like, everyone else was interchangeable. See, I didn't know either of their names. I just know Uh -uh. that was Patrick. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there was Charlie Sheen. And then I don't I know any characters. Bobby, because they he was the guy that made drink deer blood. Okay, okay. And I wanted them to do a gag there. I wanted them, as soon as like he was done drinking it, they're like, you know, because they're like, no, we, you know, we did it, you know. And then after be like, oh shit, he really did it. Like, uh, yeah, like, I can't believe he did that. <laughs> like, we didn't do that shit. You suck. Dude, but yeah. Instead, they just made that turn him into like this bloodthirsty warrior. He's like, oh, it was good. Like, yeah, super weird. That's a notch in the rifle butt, the the super killer guy at that point. He, like, guns down the dude later when everyone else mm, is like, we yeah, can't yeah. kill him because he was a... And he just yeah, walked. he just blasts him. I love him. Hardcore. <laughs> I mean, <sighs> flip the ideologies. I mean, this would be your, like, communist cadre down the ride. It's true. Like, it's very true. He's Robin Banks or the revolution. Like, he would do it. Then the other guy was like kind of the crybaby Danny, I think. He was the one that was always like, oh, no, you know. Yeah, Danny's the baby. I think he's the one that like lives at the end, maybe. I don't know. They all look the fucking same once again. Charlie Sheen was one of the brothers, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Okay, Him and Patrick Swayze brother. were brothers. 
I was not sure until I was really glad at the end. They're like, it's hard being brothers. I'm like, this is really bad writing, but actually very helpful to me, a person who is like not paying attention. Right. Yeah. To have to tell your audience, like, you should feel something because we're brothers. We're brothers. Helpful. A thing people say to each other all the time when they're related. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'm going to be real. The rest of this movie is just a back and forth between these kids and the Soviet and combined forces of the Nicaraguans and Salvadorans and Cubans. And Mexico. Remember when the air force guy says, when they get this full story from him, how'd this get started? Well, you know, they glassed a couple of cities and also the first wave of the invasion came from the undocumented. Well, I think he says the illegals from Mexico what the fuck, guys? Just gonna throw in some casual racism. I feel we've gone on such a weird trajectory. Like, I feel like that may have been fairly normal in the 80s. And then, like, in our lifetime, like the 90s and the 2000s, for a while, it was pretty, it, it got a little bit hair bristly gross to hear people, like, so slurryly just put illegals out there. Yeah. Like, that got yeah. to be kind of meh. And now that's like the president will say it like Mm -hmm. that's just kind of normal. I mean, the Democratic press, like, like, it's like (laughs) back around to where it's just casual again. I think, yeah, I think we're really slipping backwards in a lot of those ways. It's it's straight. I mean, like younger listeners, you guys may not like be as aware of that time period, but like it was a little bit tamer in that regard. Mm -hmm. It was more common for people. You'd say undocumented. You would find nicer ways to say it. Yeah. Like in kind of the early aughts or the aughts altogether, I think. And then the 2010s, it really Mm -hmm. doesn't slip till the end of that, really. I don't know. It was, it was interesting that that was, you know, put forward as along with, I put that in the rest of the right wing nonsense part of like, oh yeah, also immigration, you know, that's. Yeah. I mean, the, the term he uses for Chinese people as well. (laughs) Like it's just real cash. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so they, they find a they find a downed pilot. That's the guy we've been talking about. I don't know his name. He's probably got one. Who I cares? I didn't figure it out either. And, uh, <laughs> uh, if you must know, it was uh, Lieutenant Colonel Andrew Tanner, U.S. Air Force. Anyway, I really like the scene where the, the one of the girls goes up and, and catches him sleeping and you know kicks his gun out of the way and puts up a gun and says, what's the capital of Texas? <laughs> And he says, also, and she says, wrong, commie. <laughs> it's Houston. <laughs> Kids, this is why it's important to learn your state capitals. What if you're asked to prove your Americanness? To a teen. <laughs> to a teenager who's too dumb to know the real answer. Or in preparation for a possible Soviet invasion, because the Soviets are way more aggressive in this timeline. Mm-hmm. We moved the capital oh, to Houston. To like build it up more in terms of defense, like coastal defenses and coastal, shit. Coastal, you know? coastal. Maybe. Well, you know, maybe as Texas was falling, they switched it. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Which doesn't make sense because Houston is further south. They would go first. But remember, they went up through the. Oh, but they yeah, went yeah, up yeah. through land. Yeah. But still, I don't know. No, anyway, I think she was just she didn't. know. She's just dumb. She does not know the capital of Texas. <laughs> That's okay. I mean, maybe it's my Texas bias. Surely people know what the capital of Texas is, and not just Texans know that. Damn. Yeah, uh, like, half our listeners are like, shit, I 
I didn't know I didn't what y'all say. <laughs> I feel like I still know most of the state capitals. I don't think I could name all 50 like I used to, but I think I could get like 40. Plus, Texas has got to be in the top five of states who people know the capitals of. Like, if you're going to know the capitals of any of them. Like Vermont, you don't really need to know that. You're good, you know? Montpelier in shambles right now. Montpelier. Montpelier. There you go. Maybe it's super French. Montpelier. Montpelier. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, one interesting thing, though, when when they're, when they're he's like, oh, yeah, they're all, you know, they all poured across, and this this huge coalition of countries again, and we're the only ones, right? Everybody sat it out and stuff. And there's never any pondering, like, we get it at the top level. The Soviets said, time to fight, right? Because they're aggro, and it's just the two biggest kids on the planet. Yeah, okay, uh, stupid, but you've made your claim. But what about all the other countries? Like, what is it about their history and their social conditions that would make them willing to jump on the plan of a Soviet invasion of the United <laughs> States? What do you think could possibly drive them to do What's that? What's the uniting you know? factor here? Let's see. Let's look at how the U.S. has treated Mexico, Cuba, El Salvador, <laughs> Nicaragua. Yeah. I think we have had episodes about all of these atrocities we've committed <laughs> against all of these places. If you just want to go in the archive and poke around. Yeah, this is just a summary episode of all the, or like a highlight reel. <laughs> the people <laughs> we have fucked over. The movie takes place in Colorado. You know, uh, formerly a Mexican land. <laughs> Very true. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I wonder how the indigenous population is doing. I mean, they didn't even talk about them. No, zero. There's got to be a good amount of reservations in Colorado. Mm-hmm. So they were there. <laughs> but yeah, that's, I don't know, that's another interesting part of the movie is it's... It's super white. There's yeah. no black people in it. Nope. Is there a single black person? Uh... I am not picturing one, no. Maybe there's one guy in town or something. I don't remember any. There's some Mexicans, obviously, and there's, like, Salvadorans and et cetera. But, I mean, like, in the in the townspeople, there's also, like, a Mexican family. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I don't think it don't think it occurs to them. <laughs> no, of course not. It's the 1980s. But, you know, why would they be doing this? Just for communism, I guess, which, again, is defined as tanks, troops, and book burning. And mass, mass shooting, mass executions. Now, at least you get to go out to a banger. If you do get marched out there and executed, <laughs> they're at least going to play the Soviet national anthem. Dude, yeah. So, that was sick. Uh, so there's that. Uh, and later they played uh, the International. So I was yeah. like, man, good fucking tunes. I was watching it with Abby. I was like, there's there's me. I'm, I'm there playing the drums, marching with the International. <laughs> I had to pause it at this point. And I was like, don't play it. I want to hear this banger. <laughs> Dude, I will say, so in the first Firing Squad, one guy starts singing America the Beautiful. My man did a classic mistake, which is Ooh. you start singing, you go for loud, right? You're like, I gotta sing loud. Yeah. But he also accidentally goes way too high for his range. Yeah. Oh my God. He could <laughs> not hit that like second line. We had to jump up there. No one was ready for that. Yeah. <laughs> They should have. So. They should have gone ahead and fired before that. I think the, uh, they sh- fired shortly afterwards. Can't be a coincidence. Oh, They're fuck, like, fuck, fuck. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I can't get sit through that. Uh, they also refer to the Eagle Scouts as an elite paramilitary organization, which is fucking hilarious. Shout out to our Eagle Scout <laughs> listeners. <laughs> you guys are ready for this. Yeah. <laughs> the commune. We're gonna hit you up when the time yeah, comes. Yeah, we need some help. We need our elite 
special forces units. To make really elaborate traps that spring out of the ground. Oh, like the little... when they're hiding? Mm-hmm. That got a belly laugh out of me. Oh my, <laughs> I was like not seeing that coming at all. <laughs> they pop out like gophers. I didn't see the hatch part coming, but I uh-huh. figured they were they were lying in wait ready when she starts oh, running off, you know? That was so funny. <laughs> yeah, so my question here is, we get a lot of, you know, a lot of fights back and forth between the, the Wolverines as they're styling themselves after their fucking school mascot. They're really lucky they have a kind of cool one and not like... I don't know, the buckaroos or something stupid. <laughs> and and so it's a lot of just like them doing these small guerrilla actions against the army. The worst army in the world, apparently, because they keep getting their asses kicked by a bunch of fucking kids. A good chunk of this takes place in the winter. Like, yeah. How the fuck are the Russians getting defeated in the winter? I don't where are these kids getting all of their weapons? They have fantastic supply lines. Yeah, they've got so much ammunition. Like, okay, also, how do they get the ammunition? I mean, they're probably not running freaking AK. Like, uh, I forget the, uh, I'm not a gun guy. But there's a <laughs> there's a thing where, uh, like, the American cartridge, like, mm. diameter oh. shit is different from, like, the AK is very versatile or something. It can get, like, a lot of things. But the NATO rounds or whatever the U.S. uses is, like, not as versatile. Oh. So, like, how are they getting all this ammo? Or maybe they're I just, I assume they, know, they started stealing, stealing because they started off with, like, fucking hunting shotguns and shit. But pretty soon, like, this is pretty early on in my notes, like, probably the second or third confrontation, they've got fucking grenades and rocket launchers. Like, they've got that girl <laughs> with the tripod with the fucking machine gun. Like, they, they have artillery. It's probably the fucking CIA. <laughs> They're still around somewhere. <laughs> They're not like sending their own guys. They're just arming this fucking guerrilla band of terrorist teens. <laughs> so at this point, the, the Cuban general's like, hey, what if we should win over hearts and minds instead? <laughs> and the <laughs> other like, guy's you know, like, no. A plausible invasion strategy in the first place. Yeah, like, what if we do the thing we should have done? Uh, like, okay, here's another thing. They, like, the Greens straight up won political power in Germany mm-hmm. in the 80s, mm-hmm. in this timeline. So, and, this and is Mexico, popular. Yeah, Mexico underwent a revolution. All right, other countries, quote unquote, fell, or a communist movement there rose. Surely, what's happening in New York? Are they like, yeah. hey, maybe we should also be communists? You know, like, what is happening to, like, the more left areas? Right, it doesn't make sense i mean like in our timeline in the 70s and 80s we had socialist and communist movements we had communist party usa you had you know different left movements uh you had outside of that you still had lots of people who were like maybe we should coexist maybe we should you know maybe the soviets are not so bad sort of you know peace activist people there's lots of there was lots of that in our timeline with a you know weaker soviet uh you know, quote unquote opponent in the in the Cold War. So like, that's the thing too is like those things are probably related. Like, if they are strong, you would think the left forces in within the United States would be inspired by that and would be uplifted by that and continue to organize on U.S. soil. So like, where the fuck are they? <laughs> but they're yeah. This movie's devoid of domestic politics altogether. No, we don't even have to think about that. Don't worry about what's happening to cities right now. They don't exist. No, the. The only thing, again, it's like basically purely through a war lens of like the only kind of 
politics that there is sort of is the politics of like okay there are collaborators or there are resistance fighters and there's the occupation force dealing with them and stuff like that's vaguely political and it's like are you for the soviet troops or but there's no like factions within the americans or like people who are getting along or like who kind of support the new changes because there's no new changes like no there's nothing i mean they only really show the the dad the mayor dad who's like a collaborationist you know and mm-hmm. he's just shown as like a coward really yeah that's the thing like even you know we were talking about the store earlier like i want to know like how are they feeding people like where are they staying have has life gotten better for anyone i'm sure not in this movie no for but sure. like i'm super curious like if we could see more of this town like what is going on they just have book burning parties and mm-hmm. <laughs> it just shows shallow in that regard so we get into winter. At this point, I have a note that says, you guys should just be communist. It'd be way easier. Because, guys, it's November in Colorado. It's fucking cold. And Patrick Swayze has his Lawrence of Arabia outfit by this point, I think. <laughs> yes, he does. Where are they getting this fancy snow gear? It's got to be. They, they apparently packed it when they left the sporting <laughs> goods store, I guess. I guess. Or they killed Russians and took it. Some of it is that because they like have the hats and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Comrade Swayze with his with his Soviet hat. I love that. Oh, I also have a note. A theory. I think they picked Colorado because obviously they wanted the, the rural lens and everything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, good old America, whatever. I also think they just needed a place they could set off a ton of explosions because this is pre-CGI, they can't show cities being destroyed, really. So all they can do is set off a bunch of bombs in the woods. Mm, yeah. So I wonder if that's part of why this is this kind of has to be a rural story. So that you can have lots of explosion scenes without... Without having to actually destroy shit or <laughs> computer animate that. <laughs> well, apparently it was shot mostly in New Mexico. That makes sense. Las Vegas, New Mexico. There's a Las Vegas, New Mexico, by the way. Oh, okay. <laughs> Interesting. I've got a quote. You can only win a war by exterminating the enemy. A very chill quote to say. Oh, that was this was the new Russian guy they brought in? New Russian guy comes into town. He's like, this bullshit's over. I'm done with these Wolverines. I told Abby he was a knockoff Russian, like a knockoff old Russian Pedro Pascal. I said the same thing to Kyle. <laughs> I said, that guy looks like Pedro Pascal. <laughs> yeah, he's got a knockoff of him. He is. And I love that because he's he's just like no we're we're not we're not doing hearts and minds, we're doing like the seek and destroy like body bag. I mean, still a Vietnam strategy, just a losing one of kill the enemy, count the number, and report high numbers to you know equal success. <laughs> he does say no more prisoner killings. Mm, yeah. Well, so he said he's the one that says about the ex- mass executions and stuff. Yeah, he's like no more executions. Which my note was: Do you have anybody left? Like I thought you killed all those dads. You know, <laughs> justice for the dads. <laughs> the great <me>. dadening. <laughs> uh, okay, so I guess he. Oh, because he's the one that brings in the hunting strategy. He's like, yes, he's like they're wolverines, and that means this, and blah blah blah. He he was actually fairly effective in that regard, at least. But he's portrayed really cartoonishly, like. Evil. Just evil. He's like, haha, yeah. I'm going to exterminate them. <laughs> but like, he's dealing with this is another one where I think Americans could be like, wow, this is a clever general. He's rooting out, you know, uh, sectarian terrorists in Iraq, or he's rooting <laughs> out what you know, whatever people we don't like. 
and he's clever enough to hunt them down and, you know, use informants and shit. You would like that if this was someone you, you know, some group you were trying to hunt. This is a bunch of hunky teens, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and hunt them, he does. They get a funny little device and they're able to track down the group because Daryl, fucking student council president or whatever, swallowed a tracking device. Oh, yeah. He's the rat for him, right? He's the rat. And and he's the guy. They end up having to execute Daryl in this quote. It goes, so they have Daryl. They also have a hostage, a Soviet, like basically their age teenager. It's insane. Yeah. And they take him out to the field. And, and I think Daryl says, this is violating the Geneva Convention. <laughs> so, someone says, never heard of it. I think that was Patrick's voice. I thought I it think was so. And he's I like, I, don't so. even, I thought he was saying, I don't even know what that is. But he said, never heard of it. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. This, this should have been just shown in the Soviet Union of like. We can never invade this country. Like, they're too stupid to invade. <laughs> like, we, we are in danger. They don't know the mm-hmm. Geneva Convention. They don't even know their own capitals. <laughs> they're going to they're going to do serious damage to us and not even know it. Like The most dangerous enemy is the dumbest enemy. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, they blast this Soviet kid again. Pretty fucking young. The Soviet guy has a cool line. He replies, dog face, I'll show you how Soviet dies. Oh, I did like that. He goes down fighting. Yeah, he's he's a badass. And then they're all like, no, we can't fucking kill whatever is Daryl. Daryl, yeah, we can't kill Daryl. Poor Daryl, you know, oh, who can do it? And they're all like, no, no, no. And then finally, fucking Bobby walks up and just <laughs> blasts him, man. He's my, who is he? Okay, out of the teens. Well, you could do out of anybody, but out of... Uh, yeah, out of anybody, who's your favorite character in the? We'll start with the Freedom Fighter band. Who's your okay, favorite okay. in the in the squad? In the squad, I don't know. They're all kind of terrible. I like the girl <laughs> that keeps leaving bombs places. I think that's pretty cool. <laughs> Is she the one that like <laughs> dies with one under her? Uh huh. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's a cool. That's a cool calling card. Yeah, she like runs to the store and bombs it. She like oh yeah bombs. Uh, she has the bicycle with the bomb in it. Like she does some cool bombs. She's just a bomber. Yeah, that's a cool gig. Yeah, mine in the squad is Bobby. Just because I love how he goes from just like <laughs> oh, maybe we should go back to like drinking deer blood to being like <laughs> no, I will fucking execute our former friend now a prisoner. Insane. Uh, he's ride or die. What do you think about the choice to make the Soviet soldier they capture so young? Like, he looks like their age. There's arguments to be made that uh, I've, I've seen people write about this and say, like, the movie is broadly, like, anti-war. Saying, That's what I was wondering. Is it like, oh, kids killing kids. This is so sad. Right. Like, this would be bad for the Soviets, too. And that maybe their supplies or, like, you know, their men supply of men is getting so small they're resorting to sending over teens i mean yeah maybe it's what months into the into the campaign i mean it's not very far in (laughs) they would already be down that bad so i I see that kind of element to it i just don't think the movie explores the anti-warness enough besides just the gore of the battles maybe of just like this sucks you know everyone dies and it's sad i agree i i think they kind of do the opposite for like 90% of the movie. It's like, look how fucking sick this is. Look at us being freedom fighters and 
patriotism and rah rah so that the moments that they do question it feel pretty hollow because it's like are you sure man because you seem pretty horny for this i sympathize with them trying to do some sort of anti-war angle but yeah it's like you said it's undercut by its pro like it's pro-americanism or like it's like this side is good war is bad but you spend so much time like rooting these guys on because these are the good guys that you don't end up getting enough of the war is bad message, you know? I think particularly the end gets to that. So put a pin in it. Yeah. Okay. We killed our trader. We find some crates of food, which for some reason have checks mix in it or like corn checks. And my question was, did the Soviets nationalize Kellogg? <laughs> <laughs> or General Mills or whoever the fuck makes checks. They probably just stole it, right? But this was like comical. Like, guys, you had to know this was a setup, right? You just got done with somebody who... Yeah. I was like, those are definitely a trap. Like, I was like, she, it's going to blow up as soon as she reaches a crate. And then it's like, okay, those are definitely poisonous. None of that happened. <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. I was like so ready for someone to die there. And they just instead got to have a fun snack. <laughs> yeah, or it to be an ambush. Something. I mean, they did end up flying in the gunship like the, I guess, the helicopter. But to me, that didn't feel related enough for some reason. Maybe it was and I just didn't read it right. Well, it took him a while is the thing. Like they were able to kind of yeah. chill and eat. You would have felt like they would have... <laughs> immediately and been like you suck you're eating like we got you yeah or like you said put some bombs in there they didn't check for fucking bombs at all no they just like you could have just had some c4 in there and then once they're all around and just boom or just fucking poison them like you know they're hungry drop that food crate make it poison done wolverine's dead okay but maybe unlike our main you know just out of high school character or whatever Maybe they note the Geneva Convention. They can't do that. That's against the Geneva Convention. <laughs> yeah, they've that's heard of probably, it. Probably <laughs> okay. They have heard of the Geneva Convention. <laughs> People start falling fast in this. Uh, one of the girls gets killed. This is where uh, I thought it got really westerny too. Is like the the big vista shootouts and everything. Oh yeah, with the horses and the dramatic deaths. Like yeah, it was very. It was definitely of that style. And then finally, well, I don't know. What do we? Who do we want to cover? Kind of getting closer to. I don't really care. A bunch of people died. Uh. So, for (laughs) me, I guess the important parts are when they make the decision. Okay, we want someone to get out of here. Yes. You two are gonna go. We're gonna like distract them. Basically, we're just gonna fight. Yes. Two brothers decide to take on the entire fucking encampment. Okay. Yeah, this was very, to me, again, another, I don't know why the whole, just set in Colorado in some of the cinematics, but like, to me, this reminded me of Billy, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When that, in the final portion of that, where they take on like the whole Bolivian army and everything, <laughs> and they're like, you know, they know they're going to die basically, but they have uh-huh. this protracted fight and then they finally run out there and, and then they fucking it's die. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Real quick. The Cuban guy, he writes a letter to his wife and he's like, oh, I miss the warm weather and blah, blah, blah. Why is he writing with a fucking quill? (laughs) He writes with a quill? He writes with a fucking quill. Damn, they were really short. Okay, so maybe that's why they had the the kids. (laughs) They're they're down to writing with quills. (laughs) So what do you think about him? Let's talk about this guy. Okay, so this guy has... I think he changes throughout the movie. So he comes in there. He's all for the cause. He's like, fuck yeah. 
Let's do it. Round up the gun owners. Yeah, he's he's for it. And then as the war goes on, he is starting to, I think, feel bad about how badly they're treating people. Like he's the one that's like, hey, maybe we should start trying to win people over. Right. And then by the end, he lets the boys go. Uh, he has them in his sights, and he just is like, yeah, fuck it. <laughs> he's like sick of war by then, because like afterward so. he like drops his gun and looks at his hands. Like yeah. He's like, He's horrified. Ugh. Yeah, he's an interesting character. Because, and there's another line he says. I think it is also to the Russian guy where he says, I'm used to being the insurgent, not the occupier. Or something to yeah, that extent. Not the policeman, I That's think he what says. He says policeman, which I love that. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, I think that's a great point. Like, as we've been talking about the whole time, there's a great deal of difference between being the occupier and the occupied in terms of like, hey, maybe you shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. This, you know, pokes yet another hole in the idea of the, the, the whole premise of the of the movie of the, the Soviets just invading and saying like, fuck it, we are going to do, you know, revolution by invasion here and you guys are going to deal with it. Like, that's not what communists are really broadly supportive of at all like i just don't think communists are into that i don't think the soviets would be into that like they're i mean from my perspective their view is much more of a defensive stance of like okay you guys are constantly threatening us if you shoot us we will have to shoot back kind of thing yeah and yeah we're gonna spy on you so we can get some cool technology and blah blah blah. but like we have to like it, it was like a it was a necessary arms race kind of thing yeah well they were under siege you know i mean they had to, yeah but to take that and say we're going to besiege you. <laughs> now we're going you. to invade. Yeah, like how would that work? Like you're yeah, what the hearts and mind idea is. I mean, and and the Cuban general like laughs at that sort of and says like mm-hmm. no, that was not uh, uh, not him, but um uh, the Russian guy. Yeah, he's like that did not really work for them. They lost. Uh, th- th- I mean, there's there's wisdom to that of like. It, it kind of makes sense, you know, if you're going to be occupying a place, maybe we should try to win some people over. But also, <laughs> you're occupying the place. Like, they're not they're, going they're to probably not going to win them over. Yeah. Like, that. that's why I think the opening crawl frustrates me so much, because I'm like, tell me more about this revolution in Mexico. Tell me, like, how did that happen? Like, who were the players? How, you know, there had to be a popular enough movement that you got so many different countries to work together to take on the biggest enemy. Yeah. You know, like... That yet that's a hard battle to try to convince someone to get. Hey, you want to take on this guy? Yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> this motherfucker? Yeah, no, he's he's insane. Like they like they had to be so universally beloved in those countries to get that many people on board. Yeah, to some extent, I get the limited. Okay, the Latin American countries doing you know taking part in an invasion in which they can regain lost territories or another way of looking at it like liberate territories that have been captured you know, sort of thing uh, sure sort yeah it's still going to be a hard sell because there's lots of people that you know settler colonial like people living there now and everything and so you got to deal with all that but that sort of makes sense but the broader picture of like trying to expand that into let's just conquer the united states overall there's no longer like i mean there are there's an indigenous population still I guess you could say it's supporting there, but there there was nothing in the film no talking mention. about like the Soviets are working with the American Indian movement to like try to restore their lands or anything. 
None of that. And, like, we know the Soviets were involved with things like supporting, like, you know, black activists and things like that. Like, yeah. where is that? Like, or like an independent, what's going like, on with them? I'd love to know. The American South or yeah. something. Like. like, they know that's a weak spot, too. They're constantly like, dude, America's super racist. That might yeah. be useful information. But that's just not in this movie. There's just no racism involved. Well, there is, <laughs> but. <laughs> yeah, so uh, where did we get uh, off on in, of the tangent? Uh, the, the, the Cuban, though. He's very interesting. I think he's supposed to be this conflicted character about, like, oh, he's a good guy. He just got, like, sucked into this kind of thing. Right. And he sort of recognizes but isn't able to point out, like, hey, the film gets the idea that, you know, communists would ever try this wrong because they wouldn't because, you know, they would support, like, domestic revolutions and shit, but not, like, let's just take over your place. Like, you know, he's not able to point to that, but he is just living in this contradiction of, like, here I am invading a place. Yeah. And he says it. Yeah, he says it. He's like, I don't want to be the fucking yeah. police. Which, like, yeah, who does? Nobody. Um, I will say, Patrick Swayze was a fucking dumbass in this. At one point, he has, like, the... What's his name? Uh, Knockoff Pascal in his sights, sneaking up behind him, yeah. and then, like, says, hey, or yeah, he, he says something like, <laughs> I gotcha, or some gotcha, really bitch. bad line. <laughs> It's like a really, it's a very cheesy line. I don't remember what it is, but it was bad. I was like, why? You you just got blasted for no mm-hmm. reason. You gave him time to turn around and shoot at you. Yeah, this dude's like, you know, getting all in position, sneaking up, pulls out his gun and says, you lose. You <laughs> Not even. <laughs> Imagine Not losing even your life to say phrase. you lose. Like, if you're going to go out. Homeboy whips around oh and just. Sprays. So the brothers die, and whatever. We get the worst conclusion, which is they show the war memorial where people were like writing their names on this big rock. And we get a voiceover from the girl who escaped, and she's like, That was World War Three, and we won, and blah, blah, blah. And there's a fucking American flag next to the memorial. And the ending, I mean, that, I think the fact, again, there's zero details in how this actually managed to end like the conflict as a whole uh-huh. and the end result is rah rah america won look how brave our people are <laughs> you can't be anti-war if at the end of it you're like hell yeah we did it <laughs> yeah i do think it was sort of it was meant to be sort of sad i mean i don't think probably most audience members took away from it oh how sad i'm like because yeah you're right they did win you know so it was like well they're sad but like yeah you know it was yeah it was much more mired in the patriotism i mean the memorial itself i think i think that was smart that the memorial said like most of them children like i think that's something important to remember like almost all of the freedom fighters are like under 18 like that's mm-hmm. fucked up like i had to do some one guy was shit. like 19 <laughs> yeah like or 20 maybe i don't know yeah these were not fully developed people forced to do terrible things for sure also i liked that they called it partisan rock Par- yeah that was i was not expecting that was a little left that was pretty yeah. lit i was like partisan okay okay yeah so like you know the new tradition now is to go up there and go up there and sing bella chow but in english <laughs> <sighs> do you want to get to review i don't have anything left oh one because you mentioned the the rock the with all the names and everything right at the end the partisan rock 
before that, like, because this is the new monument, but at some point they had, well, actually, it's not that interesting. They had the funny bad translation with the Russian guy. Oh, my God. I loved that scene where they were at the forest. Yeah. and That was so fucking funny. Oh, it says that Roosevelt uh, (laughs) defeated thousands of... uh, of Native Americans in a peasant <laughs> uprising. A peasant and he's uprising. Just, he's just like making it up. And they're Half all, oh, the wow, confidence crazy. of the Soviet soldier translating a forest <laughs> sign incorrectly. Because that was great. But it was <laughs> like, I mean, he got the numbers wrong. And he got the president wrong. But like, it's Colorado. I mean, they had a lot of the, what they called the Indian Wars back then. Mm, that's true. Uh, out there. And I mean... It was just genocide. It was just going out there and crushing huge numbers of indigenous peoples. That's really interesting because I thought the point of that scene was like, one, like, look at this bumbling Soviet. He doesn't Mm -hmm. know English. Ha ha ha. But also look at how he turns to, you know, violence and like, you know, because the actual monument is about like, oh, we have a forest here you know (laughs) like we set aside this land to preserve it and you know he jumps to big battle war peasant uprising kind of shit but like you're right there definitely have been violent acts in colorado (laughs) about native americans so like there should be monuments about that but there are not it's just yeah look at this peaceful forest uh it was dedicated by teddy rosa who never did anything bad what a good guy (laughs) yeah didn't didn't you know (laughs) Wasn't racist or anything. That's why we have the teddy bear, guys. He must be good. (laughs) We snuggle with him all the time. So he may not have been paying super close attention in English class, but in American history or world history or whatever, he he, he picked up a little bit. He knows the themes. Yeah. (laughs) These guys love presidents and killing Native Americans. He knew enough to improvise. (laughs) Now, now, improvise he did, and not exactly on on key all the time, but... Uh. He did well. I did love that scene. They were like taking pictures and shit. That was yeah, hilarious. It was so cute. And then they had to devolve into fucking shooting at teens because the <laughs> teens were loud. It was their fault. It was all their fault. <laughs> uh, all right. Yeah, we can get to rating now that we have completed the film for better or worse. I'm going to say for worse because this movie sucked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving it a... Out of five, I think is our tradition here. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to give it a two stars with a caveat of I will never watch it again. So that's not like a two stars, you know, I could could be convinced. It's like a a singular two stars. Good for the first watch. I give it a two star uh, mainly for, again, I don't know. I keep harping on it, but like the Western elements. I like Western. So to me, that was like just it was cool to see. most of it was stupid. Um, it's really bad. It's kind of funny how bad it is, though. So, like, I laughed a lot. You will see in my notes, there's a lot of LOLs in here. A lot of just big, confusing laughs. I did, too. I, w- I kept pointing out to Abby, like, why are they doing that? Like, <laughs> that's a rocket launcher. Like, yes. what is, you know, just various shit like that of, like, Ugh. this is very stupid what they're doing. <laughs> so, I would like to watch it drunk at some point. <laughs> I feel like I missed out. Uh, the weed helped a little bit, but I was afraid to get too high because then I wouldn't be able to take notes anymore. So <laughs> I had to like tread the line, <laughs> which yeah. I did not always do in Washington. Y'all, oh my God, I went off the rails <laughs> one night. But uh, oh, Kyle's nice. review, bonus review here from Kyle. And I wrote down the quote, yeah, that was uniquely bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fair enough. Uh, uh, that's 
That's good. I mean, that's kind of the last word on this, I think. I think we should end it there. (laughs) Uh, Not recommended. (laughs) No, it's kind of fun. If you want to get fucked up and watch it, it could be fun. They should have made a, a version of this with like in the Soviet Union, like the Americans and like the French and just various bad guys of history invading the Soviet Union. But like they invade Siberia or something, (laughs) something insane. Like they go in the middle. They go. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's just them and like Uh, Mujahideen fighters and sure. (laughs) Sure. Why the fuck not? Honestly, at this point. Okay. Next week we're shooting that shit. Getting back to it. We'll talk to you then. All right. Sounds good. I'll see you then. Bye. Adios. Hey there, comrades. Just jumping in to remind you of all of our social media. We are on Twitter at Teach Communism, Instagram at Teach Me Communism. You can shoot us an email. That's teachmecommunism at gmail.com. Any of those places are good to send us an episode suggestion or a question, anything you think would be useful feedback for us or just your admiration. If you want to admire us in a public manner, and you should, you can go to Apple Podcasts to give us a review. It is the best way to help people find the show. Love when people write and review us. Please do both. We are also on YouTube, if that's how you prefer to listen to podcasts, or if you know someone that's the only way they'll listen to podcasts, send them to our page. And we have a Patreon. For five bucks a month, you get access to our notes for each week's episode, including the backlog of notes, which is a very handy resource for up-and-coming commies. And at the end of the year, all of the funds from Patreon will be given to local mutual aid in the DFW area. So, ain't going to line our pockets. Finally, we have merch. Check us out at Tee Public. You can find shirts and I believe also stickers and magnets and all kinds of fun stuff with catchphrases from the show or episode art, stuff like that. The link to that store is in the show notes, so check that out. Okay, that's all the internet. Join us next time for another episode of Teach Me Communism, where the class struggle is always in session. Bye, y'all.